to listen to these unsolicited reviews for Amateur Nation. If I knew how to drive a car, I would listen to his podcast on the way to work. That's from Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. More factual and funnier than any of our news commentators. Hail China! That came from CNN. His podcast is so good when he buys from Prime, we actually get his stuff to him within two days sometimes. Hail China! Jeff Bezos. This review says, I'd like to kill Lou Santini. Kill them all! <laughs> Heil Hitler! Bill Gates. Here's one that says, he calls me the Keebler elf often on his show. I fact check that as a, right again, Dr. Tony Fauci Mengele. Uh, here's another review. Here's the thing. When you listen Listen to Amateur Nation. He has a way of, listen, podcasts weren't even a thing when I was a cowboy in Delaware. And ever since my wife, she told me, well, let's not forget, let's not get into that. Uh, anyway, President Joe Biden. Hey guys, what did I miss? Jeffrey Epstein. The honor and remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country, and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. Warning, the podcast you are about to hear is often based on true events and people. It chronicles the dialogue and actions of random, anonymous, obnoxious, self-entitled, unintelligent, self-centered idiots, attention whores, ignoramuses, dolts, clods, nimrods, douches, weirdos, drama queens, overly sensitive crybabies, and people who think they are better, more important, and special than the rest of us. In one word, amateurs. It's Amateur Nation with Lou Santini. We call attention to and call out the amateurs, the people who are doing life wrong, the speed bumps of life, the people that are in your way every day, the unintelligent, obnoxious, attention-whoring, self-entitled drama queen victim types who chip away at the moments of your life due to no self-awareness, common sense, manners, or social skills, and are disturbing the flow of the pros. Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation, it's not just a podcast, it's a movement. I'm ready to go pro. Good, because this is where common sense and logic live, and where Pro Nation comes to be reassured that it's not them, it's the rest in Amateur Nation. This is episode 228. This podcast has 81 million listeners. As always, fans first, shouts out to Deborah Sailing Geibel of Integrity Group Services of Louisville, Ohio, and Dr. Jason Flatworm, Edressa975, Jennifer Easterling, Quick Fixer, Mark Holloway754, David Reed33, Holder7X, Westside Ken68, and Lori Burgess, all checking me out on Instagram. You can find me there at Lou.Santini3. Here's your post of the week, and listen to the content because it's found. Uh, it was posted by Gays Against Groomers. It's short and sweet, and it makes total sense. Normal adults do not get angry that they can't talk to children about sex. Predators and perverts do. Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Perhaps you had better start from the beginning. Step one. Topic number one. Well, it's official. Amateur Nation is run by mentally and physically ill people. 
Lest you think I'm digging deep to find audio clips of the inane cacophony that is spewed forth from the incessant griping, whining, crying, shrieking, sniveling, rambling from various leaders of the Democrat, I mean Communist Party, that is Amateur Nation, this past week has given me a plethora of content that proves that those in charge, those who somehow have been placed in positions of power, are unhinged deranged, mentally and or physically ill, incompetent, uneducated, unprofessional, embarrassing, childish. No exaggeration here. Now, I know that not everyone can be a good public speaker. It's not easy for everyone. It came very natural to me. But if you're going to be in any kind of position of power, or public service, especially you have to speak in public often, whether in front of crowds or on TV. Here's an idea, politicians. Spend a few thousand of your bribes and kickback money and hire someone to help you talk gooder. Look at someone like Senator Josh Hawley. Forget that he has great pipes. Even if you don't agree with anything he says, he is a fantastic public speaker. And while many say President Trump isn't a great public speaker, what he lacks in oratory skills, he makes up for in enthusiasm, facts, and the ability to rally the troops. He's a motivator. Conversely, listen to the examples I'm about to play for you and tell me that their speaking styles are not weak, feeble, disjointed, riddled with poor grammar, lacking structure, full of feelings rather than facts. Feelings, they're so much easier to control than facts. Yeah, you'd think so. But these speakers that represent Amateur Nation are unable to control their feelings. They're all feelings, vagaries, platitudes, stories, fables, cliches, just trailing off. I could devote a whole episode of the nothing salads that Joe Biden serves up on a weekly basis. Make that almost daily. Every other day, there's a clip online of some bumbling speech where Biden trails off, makes up words, sees a bird and loses his place, changes stories midstream, etc. Between putting his foot in his mouth, starting one story and ending with another, giving examples that have nothing to do with the question or topic posed, inappropriateness, the idea that anyone in amateur nation does not call out the embarrassment that is this presidency, or worse, those in amateur nation that choose to ignore it, it makes them all that more discredited, pathetic, sad, ignorant, and worst of all, it speaks to the level of intelligence of Amateur Nation because those speeches, those speakers that are dumbing down their messages to the lowest common denominators, that is their audience. The audience that has low expectations. The stupid. The amateurs who literally would rather not know the truth. Those who revel in victim culture and love the poor me game. The entitled. Every time President Coloring Book gives a speech or is caught on camera, don't you cringe wondering what stupidity, disjointed phrasing, and blathering nonsense he'll spew forth next? When the president talks, you shouldn't tense up before he speaks, followed by head shaking when he's done. He was a very old man in a torn jacket. He walked very slowly to the stand. He was dragging his left leg 
and trying to hide it because he was ashamed. This is a frightened, insignificant old man who, who has been nothing all his life. Nobody quotes him. Nobody seeks his advice after 75 years. Let's dive in with John Lurch Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know he had a stroke. And yes, I know he suffered from depression. I'm not saying I wish anything like that on anybody or I'm happy about it. Of course not. But maybe let's just keep him off the podium or out of public office until he's 100% healthy, mentally and physically. Just because he's out now and he's out of the hospital and puts on a suit and took the bolts out of his neck doesn't mean he's fully recovered, qualified, and of his faculties. I see so many posts, he's an inspiration. Stop. I won't do that, give the guy a break. He had a stroke and he's trying to do his job. No, a senator should be of sound mind and body. It's too important of a job to let someone keep it just because they had it. Example, Diane Feinstein. I haven't seen a face that old since I looked at my cash. So here's the much younger John Lurch Fetterman speaking about something. I think he's talking about the bailout of the federal banks. Play, uh, go ahead, play the Lurch clip. Now they have it's in, it's in guaranteed, a guaranteed way to be saved by no, again, by no matter, no matter by, by how, you know. So it, it's it's you know, isn't it appropriate that the, those kinds of the, this kind of control should be more stricter? Yes, more stricter. Or should we just go on and start bailing and sailing whoever bank, regardless of how how their their conduct is? Shouldn't you have a working requirement after we sail your bank with billions of your bank? Because they seem to be more pre- preoccupied uh, when than SNAP uh, and requirements for works for hungry people, but not about pre- protecting the, the, ta- the taxpayers. Totally different than the taxpayers. You know, that will bail no matter whatever does about a bank to crash it. Mimi, sola, Mimi, ooh-wacka, wacka, Mimi. Iska, Mimi, sola, Mimi, ooh-wacka, wacka, Mimi. Yep, diddly oat and dotin, ooh-wacka, wacka, chotin. Yep, diddly oat and dotin, ooh-wacka, wacka, chotin. Moving on. One of my favorite and easiest targets, of course, is Vice President Kamala Slingblade Harris. Now that President Coloring Book is president... Kamala Slingblade Harris is officially the poorest speaking and dumbest vice president of all time. And that includes Dan Quayle. Remember him? Kamala Harris is a different kind of incompetent poor public speaker. And she's particularly annoying because A, she thinks she's a good speaker. B, she thinks she's interesting and has nuggets of gold that we must hear. And C, neither A nor B is true. She thinks because she gives long pregnant pauses, nods her head in agreement with herself, and says, right? Often at the end of sentences that she's engaging the audience. She's Yogi Berra without the humor and folksiness. Here's Kamala talking about freedom and opportunity. It is important to understand what freedom and opportunity means. Why is it important? No, really, why? Freedom is a powerful word. I'd say the word opportunity is an important word if a word could be important. So I ask, 
Why is it important to understand what those words mean? Call me crazy, but if you want to learn about what they mean, you could look them up in a dictionary. Well, Lou, that's not what she means. I know, but she doesn't know what she means. That's just you saying a bunch of things. To real people every day. Oh, you mean people. And every day, not just on weekends, you idiots. It's important that you understand what freedom and opportunity means every fucking day. Not the fake people, i.e. transgendered, but to the real people. Which calls into question whether we're all on the same page about what freedom means. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what you're getting at. You're saying I should know what freedom and opportunity means. And my definition of freedom and opportunity needs to be the same as other weak-minded victim mentality, spastic, hyper-emotional, feelings-fixated people. I need to understand and have a dialogue and be open to their views. So in other words, do nothing. Because I, like many in pronation who live their lives by common sense and logic and do unto others and just want to be left the hell alone, don't have time to coddle the weak. We don't dumb down for you. You step up to us. I saved the best and most irritating for last. Here is Nebraska State Senator Michaela Kavanaugh shrieking like Rain Man in an airport terminal about trans people. If there are any trans people listening, is this who you want speaking on your behalf? And if your answer is yes, this is why you'll never be taken seriously. Now, keep in mind, she is an adult. When you say she, are you talking about a woman? I guess. Now, I'm warning you. It's seriously annoying. Please be patient because we're going to break this down. It, it's very annoying, but you need to hear it in its entirety for full impact. This is a grown woman, publicly speaking, a senator. Go ahead, play it. saying i noticed you're running out of breath maybe get in shape and work on your cardio before having a temper tantrum in public michaela you matter you matter and i am fighting for you both of you and i will not stop i will not stop today i will not stop tomorrow will you stop this weekend you are loved you matter you belong here go fuck yourself you fucking child Take that, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Fun fact, if you say something 33 times in a row really loud, it becomes facts and people will agree. This is how I got women to go out with me. You're going to have dinner with me this Friday. You're going to have dinner with me this Friday. You're going to have dinner with me this Friday. How embarrassed is her family and her friends?
The role of a senator is to represent the people in matters of public interest. I'm sure the handful of trans people and or their closest family and friends have a vested interest in what exactly? She said, wait, what did she say? Go ahead, play that clip again. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. But she said, trans people belong here. Okay, I'll buy that. No one said they don't. Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Just not at the expense of a fully functioning society. And that sure as hell doesn't mean trans people get special treatment. Then she said, we need trans people. Need? I'm not calling for the extermination of trans people, duh. But what exactly do we need them for? Again, I'm not saying get rid of them. That's oversimplifying. I'm saying that you, Michaela Kavanaugh, said we need trans people. I'd like to ask her, what specifically do we need trans people for? I bet she has no answers or examples. And of course, she said, we love trans people. Who's we? If you mean love as in brotherly love and love thy neighbor in the sense that, sure, we can all get along, just mind your own business and don't expect special treatment, I don't have a problem with that. But this is where this mental patient went off the rails. She has no facts supporting trans people getting denied medical care, home and car loans, job promotions, etc. Hell, we have a trans man as the Secretary of Health. What better qualified person? The U.S. Navy has a drag queen as their digital ambassador. And yes, amateurs, I know a drag queen and a trans person are not the same. But you can't tell me they're not in the same neighborhood. And what about our favorite klepto, Sam Britton, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy from June to December of 2022. What a tenure! Before losing his job for stealing suitcases from airports three times amateur nation is run and represented by mentally and physically ill people and now this and now for step two topic number two did you know capitalism is the only way to make money well, besides exploiting slaves like they do in China, the Congo, and Middle East to mine for your precious Prius battery minerals. Anyway, here's a headline from the Daily Wire. Get woke, go broke. Anti-capitalist cafe that let customers pay what you can closes down after one year in business. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Wait, the feelings of amateur nation didn't keep the doors open? Here's the article. The anarchist a coffee shop in Toronto, Canada, that functioned on a pay-what-you-can system will close at the end of the month after slightly more than one year in business. Gabriel Sims Fewer, the owner of The Anarchist, said in an expletive-filled announcement, yeah, that's professional. Well, of course, they're anarchists. He said on the company's website that he appreciated the opportunity to experiment with living and working in ways that don't enthusiastically embrace the pure misanthropy of capitalism. He blamed the failure of his anti-capitalist business venture for the lack of seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources, which left him unable to weather the quiet winter season or to grow in the ways needed to be sustainable longer term. Got that? He's mad that other capitalists didn't fund his science fair project. Also, there's a quiet season for coffee in the winter in Canada. Fucking amateur hour, man. Here comes some real professional business acumen. The owner of the coffee shop said this. 
The Anarchist has been a huge success in every way I hoped and has given me so much inspiration and education that I plan to put to use in future projects. Fuck the rich, fuck the police, fuck the state, fuck the colonial death camp we call Canada. Solidarity. Okay. A huge success in every way? Okay, you closed after a little over a year. Future projects? Let me guess, let me guess. A bank that has a only-take-what-you-need policy. Also, don't you want the rich? They have the money to pay what they can. Oh, I see. You only want money from the poor? Well, there's only one problem with that. What did the police have to do with your failed business? Bet you needed them when people just started taking things without paying anything. Uh, by the way, where are these colonial death camps in Canada? If it's so horrible, leave Canada. You know, like the Hollywood elite did when Trump got in office. The article says the entrepreneur had also apologized for the fact that he is a white cisgender man by noting that he is also queer and vowing to hire people outside of his particular intersection of privileges. Can you imagine working for this amateur? He calls you into his office, which is actually the janitor supply closet. You think you're getting a raise. Well, first of all, you're doing a great job. We're almost breaking even. I know I'm not paying you anything right now, and you're donating your time, but we're behind the eight ball here, so can I borrow some capital to keep the doors open? I'm sorry for this damn white skin, by the way. I did everything I could not to be born a white male, but I was a fetus. But at least I'm queer. He goes on to say, The best thing I think I can do is hire people who aren't white, cisgender, heterosexual men, make them equal owners, and follow their lead in making the place less white male-centered than the industry standard. That's what I'm working towards. Hear that, non-white straight men? You could be part of a dying business venture with zero risk and zero reward. But think of the good you'll be doing while you drown in debt and poverty. How noble. There's a job posting. Wanted. Non-white, non-straight men needed to make coffee, serve customers, and clean up. Hours vary. No pay. No benefits. All the free coffee you can drink. Be part of a non-capitalist startup, and you're instantly part owner of the equivalent of a lemonade stand, except with less profit. Must show proof of gayness. I'd love to tell you all my social medias have the same handle, but thanks to Kami's censorship over the years and having posts and accounts canceled, removed, and restarted, they're similar, but not the same. For example, every Thursday is Sneak Peek Thursday on my YouTube page, Facebook, and Instagram pages as well, where you get a 60-second preview of what's coming up on the next episode. Okay, so here we go. YouTube, at Lou Santini. Facebook, at Lou Santini Entertainment. Instagram, at Lou.Santini3, and Truth Social, my newest account, at LouSantini3. This Week in Racism, on topic number three, coming up next. The Honor and Remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country, and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. 
Hi pros, Lou Santini here, host of Amateur Nation. My dry bar comedy special, Amateur Nation, is now available. And just like this show, if you're allergic to a lack of common sense in today's world, and you like your comedy delivered with uncompromising tell-it-like-it-is bite, then check out my half-hour comedy special, Amateur Nation. Go to drybarcomedy.com slash Lou S. This is my way of saying thank you to the pros who listen to this show every week. Drybarcomedy.com slash Lou S. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast, it's a movement. All right, now step three. Topic number three. Hit me! It's time for This Week in Racism. Did you hear? We solved racism. <laughs> well, we can. If only you whiteys did the thing where you should... I mean, no, if you, I mean, if you stop... Wait, what are we doing? Okay, well, I found this video slash audio clip on at Media Research Center on Instagram from what looks like to be their local cable show on MRC TV. And it's entitled... Woke sociology professor insinuates that all white people are psychopaths who aren't fully human. Ouch. Yeah, it's tough being a white man these days. Yeah, well, that of course got my attention, so I had to hear more. Now, the good news is this woman explains how we crackers can fix ourselves. The bad news is she doesn't explain how we crackers got to be such assholes in the first place or what specifically we can do or should be doing. It's just more word salad, cliches, catchphrases, and buzzwords to a racism free tomorrow. It's all on you, Whitey. You caused all the racism. No other races are racist, so you all fix the racism. It's very simple. Here comes the how not to be racist no more guidelines. Whiteness damages our humanity. Uh, stop. Expand. Explain. Back up with facts. Examples. It diminishes our capacity to have empathy. Expand. Explain. Back up with facts. Examples. Think about how we describe psychopaths. Okay, time out, sitting jackass. What's the definition of a psychopath? You're saying the entire white race... <laughs> Well, I'm I, saying, I agree with you. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. And yes, you are correct. But the reason why you know that is that you had a relationship. We need white people to heal ourselves. Expand, explain, back up with facts, examples. From this damage to our humanity that patriarchy, that white supremacy has inflicted on us and become fully human again. Okay, define fully human. So that's... Your definition, that's the accepted way a human should be and be defined by what you want. I hate you! Alright, so to bullet point. White people suck. We don't know why. Probably something related to being white and having the supremacy. But we don't know why we all suck. We just do. White people have no empathy and are psychos. Also, you gotta heal yourselves, white folk. We don't have the specific ways how, and you may think you never needed healing from racism in the first place, but you do, because you're white. Idiot. And as soon as you get all healed up, then you'll be a full human. Not this half-man, oppressive, hate-filled, cold villain. God, I can't even look at you. See, it's easy for this professor. By the way, I'm smarter than her. I never met her, and I know that I'm smarter than this professor. You, listening to this podcast right now, you're smarter than her. The man or woman listening to this show right now, I've never met you, and I know you're smarter than her, even if you never finished college, let alone became a sociology professor. 
All right, so stay with the show because one of the three pro things later on totally and coincidentally has a complete polar opposite response to that sociology professor stupidity and it comes from a black man. Anyway, I was saying, it's easy for this white female professor to spout off in this way. Why? Because what she's asking for, an entire world population of white people to have some kind of epiphany of their suckosity and repent thereafter, will never happen. It's a conclusion or resolution that they know will never happen because they know that A, white supremacy doesn't exist, nor does racism to the extent they say it does, certainly not systemic, and B, because of A, this professor gets lifelong attention and income off the minds of amateurs who nod in agreement. Why? Because they, the amateurs, like this professor, are racist! These pandering lectures and finger-pointing gives them absolution. Moving on. Halle Bailey. Not Halle Berry. Halle Bailey. The new and improved rarely watched ratings killing star of the new and not improved The Little Mermaid. Now with a black mermaid. You know, for realism. Did you know Halle Bailey's life has been crap all this time? Want proof? Well, she says so, in a paragraph that is absolutely laughable from hard-hitting Yahoo Life. The singer and actress, 23 years old, is starring as Mermaid Ariel in the upcoming live-action remake of Disney's 1989 The Little Mermaid animation, and said if the cartoon had been more diverse, it would have increased her confidence. So, the 23-year-old, who was starring in a movie, starring in a movie, a Disney movie, Ka-Ching, is saying that if a cartoon that happened to be the same thing that she is now cast in, had it been more diverse, what she really means is all-black cast, then this shit show that is her life wouldn't have happened because, as she put it, I feel like if I would have had a black mermaid, that would have been insane. That would have changed my whole perspective, my whole life, my confidence, my self-worth. Wait, 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 wait. She feels? That's odd. Rarely do amateurs talk about their feelings, especially when they mention them as if they were facts. Don't worry, I have more reasons to not like Halle Bailey. The article reads... Hallie was targeted with race hate when her role as Ariel was announced with the hashtag NotMyAriel trending on Twitter after her role was announced. She said about it being impossible to avoid feeling hurt by the backlash. Yeah, we're all human beings, so if we see anything negative about ourselves, of course it's going to hurt or sting a little bit, especially remarks like those. I expected it, honestly. I mean, yeah, the world we live in today, just being a black woman, you have a certain awareness that comes with life in general. You hear that, black women? Keep your head on a swivel. Some shit can go down at any time. So I wasn't very surprised or shocked or free thinking or raised right. But I'm sure taking that fat check to sell your soul to pander to impressionable young women made it all better. You're rich and you're doing a good thing. You're new role model, black girls. As always, Pro Nation says it best. John Emmerling, I can't relate to characters if they don't look like me. Doc Morris, so you mean if the character is black, it's worth learning from. But if it's white, you ignore it. Show us how prejudiced you are. The skin color of the characters, especially in cartoons, has nothing to do with the lessons being taught unless it's reinforcing your racism.
Sasa Vukovic said, That would have changed my whole perspective, my whole life. How exactly? She would start living in the sea or something? Chris Lopez. I remember as a small Mexican kid looking up and seeing Superman and saying, man, if only he was Mexican, I could imagine myself being an alien from another world and having laser vision, freeze breath, invulnerability, etc. Matt Alara. I don't see any short bald dudes as leading men. I'm triggered and am now a victim. I want to boycott every movie studio until I'm represented. You are all harassed and heightest. I'm going to need some reparations too. <laughs> I like that guy. And Mike Sigulski. Yeah, maybe she wouldn't have become a millionaire actress loved by millions instead of the misery she lives through now. And finally, if you get up early, you're racist! Why waste time writing a clever joke to introduce the final example of racial stupidity when the stupidity writes itself? Headline from Medium.com. Why waking up early is rooted in white supremacy. It's so dumb. So dumb, it's brilliant. No! It's just dumb! <laughs> the article says, The idea that waking up early leads to success and a disciplined life can be traced back to various historical and religious contexts. In the Western world, this belief has been strongly influenced by Protestantism and the Puritan work ethic, which emphasized hard work, diligence, and self-discipline as virtues. <laughs> I know! The work ethic has long been considered an essential component of the American dream and the idea that success can be achieved through dedication and effort. I won't insult your intelligence by reading the whole article, but again, you can find it on medium.com. But listen to the article's subheadlines throughout the article. The intersection of early rising and white supremacy. The impact of the early rising narrative on racial inequality. Challenging the early rising ideology and its racial implications. So I guess the way to challenge early rising is to throw away your alarm clock and sleep in. Uh, another title, Embracing a More Inclusive and Equitable Approach to Productivity. All right, by the way, if you want to do some digging, this article was written by an amateur named Anthony Bernardi. B-E-R-N-A-R-D-I. Anthony Bernardi. I'm sure he has a social media page. Drop him a line and remind him of his amateur status. Tell him Lou Santini sent you. And now some jokes making fun of this article. Boss, I can't be here on time. I'm fighting racism. There's a CPT joke in here somewhere. I just know it. Can I help you, sir? Yes, I'm looking for a new alarm clock. Get out of my store, you racist. And remember, the early cracker gets the worm and steals it from the person of color. Give me back my worm! I demand worm reparations! He was making fun of white people. Like how we talk funny and we don't have any butts. Coming soon, how blinking is rooted in lynching. Okay, let's lighten things up a little bit and eat lighter too off the a la carte menu. Here we go. The pronoun game, where no one is a winner, ever. Listen to this they whining because someone got their pronouns right. This person just came into the bar and said, hey, what are your pronouns? You kind of look like a they, them. And <laughs> um, I hated that they were right. Quit acting like a little bitch. Did you know June 9th is National 69 Day? 
By the way, if one person in your couple is European, since they notate dates differently, you can celebrate it on September 6th, too. Did you know when a woman picks out a bathing suit, you know, the one article of clothing that makes it hardest to hide imperfections and is the most vulnerable and has the added benefit of being seen in public, what women want most is something that accentuates their crotch bulge. Adidas using male model to sell new women's swimsuit. That's a girl? Well, I'm done with Adidas now. Do a shot every time an amateur starts a sentence with, I feel you'll be drunk before lunch. Don't forget to do what the bumper stickers say and end racism. Quick joke for you. What's the worst thing about dating a man who drives an electric car? Getting him pregnant. Yay! Time now for three pro things. Three things that are done right. Number one. Okay, this is the one I told you to listen for earlier in the show. Listen to civil rights activist Bob Woodson on the Dr. Phil show as he drops the hammer with truth in the form of facts and first-hand experience. He's got both facts and first-hand experience about slavery, how black people's lifestyles and lives are different now compared to 100 years ago, and the differences between black families then and now. Oh, and he actually mentions a solution that makes sense, that is doable and specific. Preach. In dissect it, you will find there were about 3,700 free blacks who owned 12,000 slaves, black slaves. The question is, do the descendants of those free blacks who owned black slaves, do they pay? Blacks really uh, benefited more the first hundred years after slavery we have in the last 50 years. I was born in 1937 during the Depression. Everyone in my small, low-income black community, 98% of the households had a man and a woman raising children. Elderly people could walk safely in that community without fear of being assaulted by their grandchildren. Never heard a gunfire during that time. Never heard of a child being uh, shot to death in the crib. But there are 50 children today who have been shot and killed in our cities. If you talk, you talk about remedies, we've got to look beyond uh, saying that, that every solution has to have a, a, a winner and a loser, that blacks can only benefit if whites lose. We have to be defined more than just victims of oppression. Number two. What a day of racing at the historic Route 66 Nationals and the NHRA recently. It's always a great day of racing when there are upsets, records, and milestones. The story track had not been open for four years and had one of my favorites, Clay Milliken, winning in top fuel. But here's the best part. Clay Milliken's most recent victory had been five years prior, and it happened at Route 66 Raceway precisely 20 years after his very first race which happened to be at the Chicago facility at Route 66. 
Another one of my favorites, Tim Wilkerson, snatched victory from favored and current world funny card champion Ron Caps. Dallas Glenn has shown he's the man to beat thus far in pro stock, winning three out of six events this season. And he did it with a whole shot, as was the theme of the day. And did I call it or what? Pro stock motorcycle in the NHRA is literally dominated by what would have to be the NHRA Rookie of the Year unless something major changes. Gage Herrera, who I talked about on Three Pro Things a few episodes back, who simply has not lost a race all season. He qualified number one. He won the event. He set the track record. And he's the first to win the first three races of the season in Pro Stock Motorcycle since Hector Arano Jr. did it in 2013. Will he win his next event, his fourth? This season kicks ass. Do yourself a favor. Don't just watch an NHRA race on Fox or FS1 as good as they are. Go to an event. No one, and I do mean no one, goes to an NHRA event and doesn't come out a fan. It's family-friendly. It's reasonably affordable. It's pro-America. There's no woke crap. The noise, the color, the speed, the variety, the adrenaline. You're watching modern-day superheroes. I guarantee you will have fun. I've taken 11 people to their first events, and all of them loved it. You will, too. Number three. Here's the phrase that will get my business every time, or at least my attention. Veteran-owned. This particular company is veteran-owned since 2012. They're called New Line Apparel from their About tab on their website. It says, founded and operated by veterans, New Line is determined to continue to answer the nation's call to ensure the survival of liberty and prevent the deterioration of American values. We are dedicated to reviving American manufacturing and the jobs they generate setting the example for others to follow. As a lifestyle brand, Nine Line creates products that symbolize the distress call echoed on the battlefield, encouraging others to be their brother's keeper and answer the call. They sell indoor and outerwear clothing, tees, drinkware, tactical gear, automotive gear, household accessories, limited time designs, and even custom designs for men and women, all made and sourced in America. They have a members-only subscription with exclusive discounts on their American-made merchandise. Check them out, 9lineapparel.com. Spell out the number 9, 9lineapparel.com. Well, of course, this show is for everyone, but for the white people, I know you're feeling down after today's episode. So forget your cracker hood and watch my Drybar Comedy Special, Amateur Nation. DrybarComedy.com slash L-O-U-S. And yes, all are welcome and encouraged to watch it. Subscribe to at Lou Santini on YouTube. Follow me on Facebook at Lou Santini Entertainment or Instagram at Lou.Santini3 and Truth Social at Lou Santini. A no amateurs tea. If you contribute to the show, email me anytime for any reason. Lou at LouSantini.com. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast. It's a movement. Remember, amateurs, we see you. You're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini, and this has been a big, major production. Mimi, sola, Mimi, ooh, waka, waka, Mimi. Iska, Mimi, sola, Mimi, ooh, waka, waka, Mimi. Yep, diddly, oat, and dotin, ooh, waka, waka, chotin. Yep, diddly, oat, and dotin, ooh, waka, waka, chotin.